Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. If you're thinking of buying a business, beware. It can be fraught with danger. And one of the traps, says Paul Brennan, principal of Brennan Solicitors, is the tricky issue of restraint of trade. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Wouldn't it be nice, Paul Brennan says, if the seller did the right thing on the sale of the business and moved away, far away? But Paul reminds Heather Dawson, not all sellers are so honourable. Sometimes the person who sells you the business won't go away. If you've seen that film, Fatal Attraction, when they, he thought that he'd killed her and uh, she comes jumping out of the bath again to have another go, that's what it can be like when you sell a business. Now, a lot of people who sell businesses, they're happy to do so, they help you, they introduce your clients, and then they get lost. But you get some real rat bags around, and therefore you have to have something in the contract which discourages them from coming back and haunting you. But it stands to reason, doesn't it, Paul, that nobody would buy a business if the seller could just start up in competition around the corner. So wouldn't you automatically have a good case if that's what happened? Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But this is we're talking about law here, and uh, it gets very, very difficult. A judge would say that a restraint of trade clause is against public policy, meaning you shouldn't be able to stop people from earning a living. And therefore, he will look at restraint of trade clauses very, very carefully. And uh, basically, if he thinks it's too much, then he can throw the whole thing out, or in some places, he can throw part of it out. But judges can make your life a real misery about this. So you can't rely on the judge just um, saying, oh, no, that doesn't seem fair, and uh, he has to stop. It's much more complicated than this. When a judge looks at uh, restraint of trade clause, academically, it sounds an easy decision. He will apply three tests. He will first say, what activity needs to be protected? Then he'll say, does the restraint protect that activity? And three, did the restraint go further than needed? If it goes further than needed, then you are in trouble. And it might be that he decides to throw it all out. But of course, court cases can take quite a long time to eventuate. So are you likely to be successful meantime if you seek an injunction to stop your seller from trading on your patch? Well, court cases can take a long time. But the great thing about this area is that you can be in court in a matter of days. And uh, that, of course, is the bad news as far as the costs are concerned, because you can spend a lot of money in a very short time having this fight. And therefore, it's better to have it in the agreement than have any uncertainty where the seller of the business decides to take a chance and take you on. Well, maybe we could uh, talk about an example to try and illustrate the complications that can arise in this sort of area. You've got rather an interesting example. Well, the example I like to give is about a Brazilian wax business. They're very common nowadays. Say, for instance, you bought one about a year ago, and all of a sudden, one year later, the person that sold it to you sets up across the road. You tell him, you get his solicitor to write to him to say he can't do that, and he replies saying, look, it's against public policy and uh, I'm going to do it anyway. So what you do immediately in your solicitor, you'll never see them move so fast, you will issue proceedings and go for an injunction. Now, an injunction is just the preliminary skirmish. What happens is you still have to fight the case out far down the road, but at the injunction, it means you can get them to stop dead. 
So the judge, when you get to court, which could be, uh, say, uh, 24 hours, two days, three days after they say uh, get lost to you, and it's very satisfying, by the way, to do this to someone, expensive but satisfying, the judge will examine and look at three things. First of all, say for instance you picked a radius of 50 kilometers as the exclusion zone, so the person selling it to you could not set up business within that area. Outside the area would be all right. The judge will see, look at the Brazilian waxing business and see whether that's too far. Well, as we know with Brazilian waxing, there's lots of uh, crying and shouting, so therefore the, the shops shouldn't be too close together. But is 50 kilometers too far? Well, the judge will take into account that this is not a sort of a drop and rip and tear sort of thing, that if someone's going to give you a Brazilian wax, you probably have a certain intimacy. Probably the judge would liken it to his tailor or his hairdresser. And people are prepared to travel quite far. But as the person who's launching the proceedings here, you'd have to get some affidavits or evidence that people travel quite far for you to apply a Brazilian wax to them, if that's the correct term. The second thing the judge will look at is the duration of your restraint. Look, five years is a very common thing to see in restraints, but is that too much? If the owner came back and started trading, would they still take clients of you if they did it after four years? And probably not. They probably would not take as many clients. Maybe they would. It's a, but I would say that five years maybe for a Brazilian racks place may appear too much. It depends. Like If he's got cold hands, then maybe you'll be luckier than, uh, than if he's still sort of fit and able to do it. The last thing is, what type of business are you restraining? Because a Brazilian wax, you know, it really is a very, very small area to restrain. Could Brazilian waxing apply to, say, maybe legs, backs, chests, top lips? Maybe, but maybe a judge would say, no, fingernails are too much. So the person that you bought from would be able to come back and do fingernails, but maybe not those other things. Or maybe the judge said, look, he can do legs and lips too. Who knows? Because what is a judge going to decide? Very much it depends on how he wakes up and how he sees things on a particular day. To talk about judges, I think that they have been around and they will take into account how much money you paid for this and hopefully do the right thing. But this is a tricky area of law. Well, you have five tips, Paul, to uh, make sure that you're covered. Well, I think that the restraint has to be drafted very, very carefully. It can limit business activities, you're assisting the competition, acting for clients, soliciting past or existing clients, or just disclosing confidential information. There can be a lot of different types of restrictions, and you have to pick the ones that are essential to you carrying on your business and getting the real value that you paid for. Another one would be um, back of the cigarette packet sort of business purchases. The one thing you need to do is get a lawyer to draft one of these. I know I guess I've got an interest there, but I can say that this is a complicated legal area. It's not something to do at home. Next thing is don't ask for the world. When you go and see your lawyer, you'll want as much as possible and not to see the seller again, but uh, try to restrict it as much as possible so that if you ever do uh, have to fight it, then you're on fairly certain grounds. This is not one to fight and lose, otherwise it'll cost you an arm and leg in costs. If the business area is highly populated, then probably a narrow restriction applies to it. But really, in all these things, take a very, very good look at the person who's selling it to you. Are they young? Is their story implausible? Do they seem lazy or worn out? Especially lazy people, they can really cause you a lot of problems by coming back. Even people who should be honourable and men of their word, I have seen them turn around and being unpleasant about this and just generally not honourable, if I can put it that way. 
So I guess as a final point, there was one case where a judge actually hadn't taken a ride on a bus and he adjourned the case to do that. If in your case, the judge hasn't had a Brazilian and decides to go through the process, my advice to you is sell tickets. Now, that would be interesting. That was Paul Brennan, principal of Brennan Solicitors. And Paul will be back again on B-Daily with Negotiating Leases. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B-Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.